Welcome to the podcast service of Sydney's FM 103.2. Available on the web at fm1032.com.au. Hello, I'm Kel Richards. Here we are Thursday nights in our special series of programs. Uh, it's a roughly three-week series. It, it won't be quite ended in three weeks, in 15 episodes, but it will be sort of pretty close to being finished then and we'll wrap it up at the, the start of next week. Three-week series called Journey Towards God because it is the most important thing in the world. We're all doing this. Every single one of us, you, me, the bloke next door, that strange woman across the street, the little kid down the road, all of us are doing this journey towards God. We are all engaged on the journey of life. The journey from, you know, across this great ocean of life, from the the port of birth to the port of death, we're all doing that. And we end up before God because it's a journey towards death, towards judgment, towards God. That's got to work out well. Otherwise, we've wasted our time in this world. Well, that's what this series is about, how our journey towards God can work out well. In your journey towards God, how many different paths are there? Is God a great mountain with many different paths all leading up to the summit so that many different starting points all lead in the same direction? Or is the journey towards God like one of those maze puzzles, you know, the things that children enjoy? Lots of alternative paths woven together, but only one reaches the destination and the rest are dead ends. Is that what it's like? Can you choose any road you wish and still end up at peace with God? Or is there one and only one correct road built by God himself that leads us home? Well, the correct answer is the second of those two things. There is only one way to God. That is because of another important claim that Jesus makes. He claims to be the only way to God. And that leads to a lot of trouble for a lot of people. Look, firstly, people look at all the major religions of the world and they think, all these people are so sincere. How can they be wrong? And then secondly, they assume the major world religions must have a lot in common. You know, they must all just be different ways of reaching the same goal, different ways of saying the same thing. And thirdly, people will take offence at any claim that Jesus may be exclusively the one and only way to God. Any such claim is regarded as arrogant in the extreme. But the claim is inescapable. Jesus said, quote, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You'll find those words of Jesus in the New Testament part of the Bible, John chapter 14, sentence 6. That is the problem we're going to look at tonight. To do so, I'll focus on two different senses of the word religion. Firstly, when most people use the word religion, they are thinking, I imagine, about what are called the major world religions. You know, they think of Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, Confucianism, Shintoism, Islam, and so on. In this sense, it's important to understand just how very different these major world religions are. People who say they're all alike, or have a lot in common, are, as a rule, people who know almost nothing about them. To survey all the major religions in any detail would uh, take hours, years. All I can do here is to glance briefly at some of them. Let me give you a very quick sort of overview, okay? Pay attention, I'm going to go through a lot of data, a lot of facts, a lot of information quickly here. Some of the major world religions. Hinduism. Major religion of India. Hinduism is a traditional religion whose origins are lost in the mists of prehistory. Basically, in its most popular form, Hinduism is polytheistic. It believes in many gods. 
There's Brahma, the creator, Vishnu, the preserver, Shiva, the destroyer, Saraswati, the goddess of learning, Lakshmi, the goddess of good fortune, Shakti, the mother, Ganesha, the elephant-headed god, and many others. Behind the many gods is the impersonal force called Brahman. For Hindus, this life is dominated by the caste system, which determines their place in society, their way of life, even their occupation. And the next life is dominated by reincarnation. That's Hinduism. Buddhism began over 2,000 years ago in northeast India with the teachings of Siddhartha Gautama, known as the Buddha, the, the founder. Basically, Buddhism is atheistic. There is no concept of God. And the teachings center on human actions and human attitudes. The Buddha began by revolting against Hinduism, which he believed had failed to explain the suffering in the world. Suffering he taught is maya, illusion, and is to be dealt with by withdrawal, by sanyata, literally emptiness. Life, Buddhism teaches, should be a middle way, devoid of both self-affliction and physical indulgence. The journey is to escape from the endless reincarnation cycle of births and deaths and rebirths. That's the goal. This escape is found in annihilation, or nirvana, when the consciousness is snuffed out like a candle flame. That's Buddhism. Confucianism claims not to be a religion at all. It has no clergy and does not teach the worship of a god or gods. Confucius, born in 551 BC, was a philosopher whose sayings were regarded by his followers, or whose sayings were collected by his followers in a book called The Analects or Conversations of Confucius. In Confucianism, our chief concerns are said to be the duties of the present life rather than what will happen after death. Its goal is a moral and peaceful society. Confucius taught that life and death must be accepted with resignation as the result of natural law. That's Confucianism. Shintoism is the national religion of Japan. It does not believe in a god or gods, but in 800 million kami or spirits. According to Shinto, every place and everything has its own kami, rocks, rivers, mountains, trees, animals, birds, and so on. As a result, Shinto shrines, both large and small, are dotted all over Japan. No one knows exactly when or where or how Shintoism began. In Shintoism, the heavenly and earthly realms are not sharply separated, nor are the realms of this life and the next. In many Japanese homes, the dead are worshipped. Dead relatives are worshipped as part of, as, well as kami really. So that's Shintoism. Islam, Islam was founded by the prophet Muhammad around 600 years after the time of Jesus. The followers of Islam are called Muslims. The word means submission. Islam teaches there is only one God. His name is Allah. He is portrayed in the Quran, the Muslim holy book, as a rather stern and distant lawmaker and judge. He can be appeased and paradise attained only by following certain strict rules, certain laws, including saying five ritual prayers every day, fasting during the hours of daylight in the month of Ramadan, making a pilgrimage to the city of Mecca at least once in one's lifetime, and so on. That's Islam. Now, that very brief and breathless survey of five of the major religions is enough to make, well, it's enough to make your head spin, but it's enough to make my point. They are all radically unalike. It is simply not possible to maintain the pretense that they are markedly similar, that they have a great deal in common. The only way to maintain the polite fiction that all the major religions is similar is by ignoring the reality that makes them different. Well, now, the, the other thing I want to say is I want to take a look at this word religion in the sense of that which opposes God. 
Now, this may surprise you, but according to the Bible, God is not religious. The Bible says God is opposed to religion. According to the Bible, religions are things human beings invent to avoid God. The word the Bible uses for religion is idolatry. The Bible records God's opposition to religion in this sort of language. It says, Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. The part of the Bible that tells me that is Romans chapter 1 verses 21 to 23. It's easy to imagine that idolatry only means worshipping a statue or a carving of a pagan god, and that is certainly one of its meanings. But the Bible labels worshipping anything or anyone other than the Creator God as idolatry. So, me putting me in the centre of my life is a form of idolatry. Choosing to follow my road instead of God's road means choosing to live in the kingdom of me instead of the kingdom of God. And this too is idolatry. Some people go to church because they find it comforting or soothing. Some go because church is part of their cultural heritage. Others because church going is a social event or pleasing or entertaining in some way. For all these people, their church going is about themselves, not God. That makes it idolatry and displeasing to God. Now all of this, and it's a big field, is what I'm saying God opposes when I tell you that God is against religion. Some years ago, a book was published called How to Be a Christian Without Being Religious. And that title captures an important truth. How to be a Christian without being religious. What God is interested in is not religion, it's relationship. The meaning and purpose of the world can be summed up in that one word, relationship. The cosmology to be found in the Bible is a relational cosmology. The most fundamental laws of the universe are that we should love God and love our neighbour. You can read those in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 to 31. Love God, love our neighbour. Those basic laws are relational laws. The big picture the, the Bible paints of the universe doesn't focus on the physical, on galaxies, atoms and the rest, but on the relational, on how you treat others, how others treat you. The Bible says the universe is not just physical, it is mental and emotional, and that means relational. It's a common experience to know our greatest joy when we relate to others in harmony and happiness and intimacy. And our darkest moments tend to be when our relationships are bitter and broken. The Bible says this is because we are intended for intimacy, designed for relationships. The Bible's cosmology is not about planets and galaxies and star systems that, and all that matter. It's about how we treat ourselves, treat each other. That's what matters. Relationships are the currency of the universe. Unlike other creatures, we alone, the Bible says, have been designed to relate to each other in harmony, intelligence and intimacy. God's own nature is relational and we are like God, made in the image of God. The Bible says that in Genesis chapter 1, sentence 27, in that we are relational beings designed to relate to God and to each other and to the rest of creation. In summary, what God is interested in is not religion, it's relationship. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the main rules and they're relational rules. God is not interested in religion or religions. He's interested in relationship. First and foremost, your relationship with him.
We'll continue looking at this really interesting question of just how we find the right path to God tomorrow night. Here's our thought for the night from John chapter 3, verse 36. The Bible says, Everyone who has faith in the Son has eternal life, but no one who rejects him will ever share in that life because God will be angry with them forever. Until tomorrow night at this time, thanks for your company. I'm Kel Richards. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this FM 103.2 podcast. To listen to more great audio, visit fm1032.com.au.